Good morning, everybody. Firstly, I want to welcome you to our service. Those of you who are here in church this morning and those who are at home, and the one or two are watching in Australia. So to all of you, a very, very warm welcome. And above all, I want to welcome Douglas Kukuza, who is our guest today and will be taking part in the service. And Douglas, some of you know very well, he has been uh, developing a project in Ramagana, in Rwanda, which 16 members of the congregation visited just over four years ago. So Douglas, you're very welcome. Uh, can I also say on behalf of the mission team, a very happy Mother's Day to all the mothers in the congregation and at home. Now, I have a few announcements that I'll make. They're all on the order of service, but I've been asked to draw attention to these. So just as quickly as I can do it, this evening, uh, you're very warmly invited to our time of worship and prayer. Starting at 7.30 p.m., it would really be good if you could join us. Next Saturday, we have the first of this year's car boot sales, and again, the details of that are in the order of service. Next Sunday morning, we'll have our family service with the theme of God's Word for Kids. Now, you should have received a flyer with your order of service, and what we'd ask you to do is to pass that to family members, or if you prefer, to neighbours. And then in the evening, we have a very special service next Sunday at 7.30 when Andy Cardi will be here to tell us his life story and give us his testimony. And flowers are available in the vestibule, and if you'd like to pass those on to friends, neighbours, acquaintances, then you're warmly invited to do that and to invite them to come to this special service. And the last announcement that I want to make, there's one more after this, is to say that the details of the students' bursary, missionary bursary fund, are in your order of service, and they will be in the order of service for the next four weeks, and they give details about how young people in the congregation can apply for an award towards the cost of some mission activity over the summer. And now I'm going to ask Brian Gartland to come and to make an announcement. Good morning. Could I please remind everyone about the Palm Sunday lunch on Sunday the 2nd of April? Uh, this is an annual event where we show our support to our friends in Rwanda and Peru. Those who have been know about the good food, the banter and the fellowship. Uh, please put this date in your diary and we look forward to seeing you all there if you haven't been before, I can thoroughly recommend. Uh, the, the usual sign-up sheets will be available in the vestibule for those willing to help with food and also those wanting to attend. Thank you. Thanks very much, Brian. That was a very definitive closing of your glasses case. <laughs> I'm glad nobody's fingers were in the way. So let us come together now in worship. Um, God, as you know, calls his people into his presence, and that's why we're gathered here this morning, 
That is the reason we're all together. It's not something we've decided to do because it's a good idea and it's a nice thing to do. It's because God has called us to assemble together and to worship him. And coming into God's presence enables us to be nourished so that the life that we have been given can be shared with others throughout the world and not just kept for ourselves. So let us come to worship with the word of God to guide us. Now this is Psalm 96, verses 1 to 4, and you will be very familiar with this. And if you want to join in, you can. O sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Let us pray. Father, we declare that we love you. Thank you that you have made the way of love known through your son, Jesus Christ. We pray that you would reveal this great love to us all today as we gather to worship. Lead us by your spirit to praise you. Amen. And now we're going to join together in praise and we're going to be singing, Lord, your church on earth is seeking. Let's all stand and praise God.
people know that John Morrison has been at Capenry during the well, most of the, the last academic year, and Pat is going to ask him some questions about his experience. Just... Was it good? Good start? Sure. <laughs> hello, hello? It is all. <laughs> The old, turn it off and turn it back on again, check. No? <laughs> we'll share this mic, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> John, it's lovely to have you back in Ballycroppin for a few weeks with us. Aha! <laughs> We're back. I just, I just want to thank you for agreeing to share some of your Kittenry experiences with us this morning. First thing I want to ask you, and I think I already know the answer to this, is have you enjoyed your course? Oh, so no, far? not at all. No. No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, um, yeah, I really have enjoyed the course. Um, yeah, it's just been a good time. Um, just being uh, nurtured in a good Christian environment. Yeah. Which parts of it have you enjoyed most, and which parts of the course do you think will be of most lasting benefit to you? Uh, one of the parts that I really enjoy most is probably the diverse uh, range of speakers um, that Capemary has to offer. And yeah, they just shed light on different parts of scripture that maybe you never um, had like the angle um, from. Uh, one of the things that also I really enjoyed was just a diverse student body with students coming from different um, countries, different walks um, in their faith and just um, been a real opener to just great conversations. Uh, one of the things that probably have benefited me most is probably actually living in a community of like 100 plus students. Uh, it's really great because you get to know everyone really quickly, but then there's also challenges that also arise with that. Uh, that could also, um, one of that um, is sometimes when issues arise, things tend to boil over um, very quickly because you're in a community and it's really closed off. So you try to go away, get some peace and quiet. You can't really find a quiet place because everyone's just everywhere. So it really has taught me to um, really work through those situations in just a God-honoring way. Brilliant. You, you touched slightly on this, but we know that Capenry is very much an international Christian community. And I'd just like to know, has this made you more aware of the worldwide church family? Um, I know on the occasion where I've been away, it very much impressed me that, you know, the church is worldwide. And you, you said about overseas students, have you been able to talk to them about their different experiences of church, which obviously will be nothing like yours or mine here in Northern Ireland? Yeah, as I said, that's one of the beautiful things about Cape Mary, um, because there's a lot of students that have come from different places. There's um, um, a student who is from Peru, some from Egypt, a lot from America, Canada, Germany, and all that. And it's just great to see, um, like, you know, all their church backgrounds and just finding out, you know, how you know different um, some churches are, but also the similarities um, with ours and. 
Uh, on every Tuesday um, morning on the second lecture, we would have this thing called whole community prayer. And this is where as a student body and all, most of the staff who are working on site would come in. Uh, we would pray for the school and also pray for other torchbearer centers um, around the world. But then also at the very end of it, there would always be one student who would come up um, who would sign up um, on the weekly drive to share a wee bit about charities or organizations that are happening in their local area. So it's been just wonderful to see how you know, widespread you know, Christianity is and how you know, it's working all the way around the globe. Thank you, John. And I know you've also been involved in activities outside of Capenry Hall itself, including helping other churches with their media arrangements. Mm -hmm. We can't wait to have you back to help with our <laughs> media arrangements. And you've also been speaking at events and services outside of the hall. Has that encouraged you to be able to share your gifts and to be able to share your faith when opportunities arise? Mm -hmm. Well, um, as some of you might know, um, so I was on an outreach placement um, just before I came back from Cambridge um, in a wee village called Inglewhite, which is a wee small village just um, beside Lancaster, if anyone knows where that is. Um, so I did a wee bit of preaching there um, with my team and we also were there just to really serve the community and it was just a really good opportunity to um, be there, serve the community and also um, get to know um, the people in that community and just it really encouraged me to just share a lot more about myself and what I've learnt um, to them but it was also a great opportunity to learn from their experiences as well. And not going to lie, I was a wee bit apprehensive about taking the sermon that Sunday. Um, as a guy who, one of my subjects I hated the most was English, and the one thing I hated in English was speeches. I hated them like tremendously. I couldn't do um, a speech in front of you know a class of 25 plus um, students, let alone of in front of a church of 100 people. But I remember when I went up to um, do my sermon, um, I wasn't actually nervous whatsoever about you know, actually doing it. Uh, I just, um, just said stuff that was from my heart. So that has really encouraged me um, in a way that I know if that's, God, if that's what God can do for me, um, I know that you know, how much more he could do with my life. And it's really encouraged me um, to be open a bit more with people and, give me a lot more confidence um, just speaking to people. Brilliant. And finally, um, and by the way, I know we've swapped places with your mum this weekend. She's <laughs> at Capernaum. So hi, Mary, if you're watching. Hi, Isabel, because she's there as well. Um, and just my final question as you return, can you tell us whether your time at Capernaum has helped you with your future plans or are you still undecided and still looking for guidance? Well, short answer at the moment is I haven't got Scooby about that. <laughs> um, I still don't know at the moment, but definitely from coming back from Cape Marie and from like a few thoughts I had during um, my time at Cape Marie, I really um, thought about maybe doing something uh, with youth work. Um, I think God has put it on my heart that you know I should help young people. And I know from experiences that I've had during school, which weren't great, um, and I know that you know how social, uh, society and culture norms can just sweep a young person away. And I just feel that you know we should be supporting these um, kids who are going through probably a hard time being a Christian in these schools. And 
Yeah, I just think that's something that God's calling me to. Whether it's going to be a full-time thing or something I do on the sidelines, I don't know at the minute. Thank you, John, for sharing that. And we just pray that God will continue to bless you, that he will guide you, protect you, and that he will reveal clearly his future plans for you. Thank you. Thank you. And now Evelyn is going to lead us in our prayers of praise and confession. Let us pray. Dear God, our Father, we know that you are here with us this morning, in us and surrounding us with your love. You are our rock and our security. You've promised to be with us always, in all places and at all times. And that is a tremendous gift, Lord, and we thank you for it. And you are also the God of creation. And now in the springtime, we see the wonders of your creation all around us. And the tiny spring flowers, the tall trees, the green landscapes, the ploughed fields. We thank you for the signs of new life. The lambs in the field, the plants growing. You are our great God. And we can see that all around us, Lord. Help us to see things clearly and to value them all. And Father, on this day in particular, we want to give thanks for our mothers, for their care, their love, their nurturing, often pointing us to you. Often we didn't appreciate all they did for us, but we think of them now, and we give thanks. And for our families, for all the families represented here this morning. We give thanks for them, each one. Be with them today, wherever they are, and keep them mindful of you. And especially, Lord, we want to thank you for our church family. We thank you, Lord, for the encouragement we get, for their love and support, for the guidance and help when we are bewildered. We are richly blessed here, and we give great thanks. Father, on this Mission Sunday, we also want to give thanks for our brothers and sisters in Christ across the world. Because we have special links with them, we're thinking particularly of the Christians in Rwanda and Peru. For the children and the women and the teachers and the farmers and the in and around Ramagana, for the school and all that happens there, for the children in the Casa Hogar El Almordadias orphanages in Arequipa. Be with them this day, Lord. Bless them richly. And show us, Lord, how we can be of help and support to them. Because we confess, O oh Lord, how often we've been neglectful or forgetful of you and of our responsibility to show your love in this world. We don't remember how blessed we are. We are 
always looking inward rather than outward. Help us to be loving, outward-looking, generous people. Generous with our time, our talents, with our money. For remember the overpowering, generous love which you showed us in sending Jesus to die for us. In this time, leading up to Easter, help us to focus on this and be more mission-minded, both at home here and in other parts of the world. Father, you are our great God, the God of the whole world, and we come to you now trusting in your forgiveness and your love, now and forevermore. Amen. Thanks, Tom. You're a step. Oh, that's loud. Step ahead of me. Boys and girls, do you want to come on up to the front? Come on. There's comfy seats. Who's going to get there first? Oh, there's one. Is that us? Oh, it's the lads today. TJ, all girls. This is great. Hello, boys. Come on up. So, boys, today. It's not only Mother's Day, and I hope, have you all got your mother's, mother's presents? Yeah? Mums, is this true? Yeah? Seeing a few nods, that's good. I still need to give my mum her present. Well, as well as Mother's Day, today is also Mission Sunday. Do any of you know, in relation to church, what does mission mean? Anyone got any ideas at all? No? Good. I was hoping that would be the case because this morning I want to tell you a tiny bit about what mission is. But you need to listen because in this bag I have some lovely gifts for you. But you'll only get it if you listen well, okay? So you're going to listen. So to do that, I hope your thinking caps are on because I've got a few questions for you. First one's this. What's the best present that you have ever got? Chocolates? <laughs> Vivid imagination there, I like that. Yeah, what are you? Sweeties. Anyone got anything that's not edible? <laughs> no? Any great gifts you've got? You've got one? I'll take one more. More sweeties? Okay, you're making me hungry here. That's very good gifts there. And here's another question then. Now, whenever you get that really good gift, your chocolates, your sweeties, or anything else, what do you do with it? Do you just not tell anyone? Or do you want to shout to the rooftops and tell everyone how great your present is? What do, you, what do you do with it? Do you tell people or do you keep it a secret? What do you do? You keep it a secret? That's not the right answer. What do you do with it? <laughs> you tell people. Yeah, it's like, have you ever listened to a really good song or a really good movie? And when you've listened to it or you've watched it, all you want to do is tell people about it. Well, that leads me to my final question. Who gives us gifts? Who gives us gifts? Any examples? Santa? Yeah, there's one. Parents? Yeah. Anyone else? Aunties? Okay, here's a hint. We're in a church. Anyone else give us gifts? God, yes. Someone said it. Good man. Well, God gave the ultimate gift, as has been said, in his son, in Jesus.
And you know, God loves his people more than anyone else ever could. And let me demonstrate why. Now, let's say we walk out of church here, and you saw I was about to be hit by a bus. What would you do? What would you do? Scream. Would you get me out of the way? Yeah? No? <laughs> all right then, I'll just walk away. thought you'd all like me a bit more by now. Yeah, well, hopefully, if you saw someone about to be hit by a bus on the Silver Birch Road, you would get them out of the way because you see the danger they're in. You see, the issue is, is that the Bible throughout tells us that there's a day coming when God's going to judge the world. And that's not good news because all of us by nature are deserving of eternal punishment. But God gives good news. See, God could have just left us and we would have been in hell. But God sent his son Jesus. And Jesus took the sins of his people on the cross. And now anyone who puts their faith in him, who turns away from their old way of life, they can now be in eternity in heaven. They can be with him in heaven. What a good God that is. That even though we all deserve punished, that he sent his son to take that punishment for all those who believe. That is amazing news. And that is newsworthy of not keeping like our sweeties, but sharing, telling people. Because we want people to know this good news. So what are some ways we can do that? Well, do you remember at Christmas time, we sent out shoeboxes with gifts in them? That's a way you can show God's love. That's a way you can really help people. And as well, we're going to hear from someone from a place called Rwanda later. And the church has been out before, building hospitals, building schools, loads of ways that we can help people practically, but more than just practically helping people. In the Bible, we're also commanded as Christians to go and tell people. And people who do that are what we call missionaries. Remember right back at the start, I said, what is mission? Well, mission is God's mission. It's God's rescue plan to put people's faith in Jesus. And our part in that, we can't do that for them. We just tell people. We tell people that good news. And that news isn't just for us in this room. It's not just for everyone in Bangor. It's for everyone in the whole world. And that is just amazing because the church, God's people, are throughout the whole world. And we have a part to play. If you're a Christian here, you have the great privilege of telling people, of sharing that good news, of sharing God's gift of Jesus with people. And so I just want to finish with a verse, and then I want to give you a gift, give you those sweeties that you all seem to love. It's First Chronicles 16.24. It says, Declare God's glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. And church, that's our duty. So, boys and girls, here's a little gift for you. You take that, grab in the bag. There you go. Well, according to the answers, this should be the best gift these boys have ever got. There you go. There you go, Tom, you picked well. There you go. Sweeties, yeah. There might be some more at the end, mums and dads, so you're in luck. There you go. Okay, you can sit back down with your mums and dads. Thank you. together now singing the children's praise which is this little light of mine but I'm going to ask you to join in with the children in the spirit of the praise and you will be able to uh, move whether you're standing or sitting 
but we want you to really enjoy being part of this praise.
Well, thank you for joining in, and the boys and girls can go to Sunday Club, and the Bible class can go to Bible class. And as we continue to worship God, we're going to bring our offerings to him. And uh, I invite you to give your offerings as they're collected. Let us pray. Father, for the amazing gift of life, we thank you. Your generous outpouring of grace reminds us of the fruitful lives we're called to live. May all our gifts to you of our time, our labor, our skills, our experience, and our money reflect our desire to share and contribute to your coming reign among us. Amen. And now Adrian will lead us in our prayers of intercession. to your presence, O Lord our God. We come into the presence of the living God, who is not constricted by time or space or a physical body. Lord, you are infinite, un omnipotent, and more than we can even begin to imagine. 
Forgive us when we try to fit you into our image instead of us into yours. And Galatians tells us there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free man, neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And Lord, you created the whole world and all are precious in your sight. We are all very, very different and we worship you in different ways. But you love and care for each one of us. And this morning we bring to you a world in turmoil, riots in France and Israel, but also many countries where there isn't the freedom to protest. And we pray especially for Afghanistan, where women and girls have had all freedom taken from them. And we pray for change there. We pray for all countries devastated by earthquakes, cyclones, flooding. And we especially bring to you Ecuador, where overnight an earthquake hit. We continue to pray for relief for Turkey and Syria after the earthquake there. Cyclones in New Zealand and Malawi, Lord. And we pray for relief there too. Lord, we bring to you Ukraine and Russia and ask for a resolution, a resolution there to end this war. We pray for all world leaders and the healing of nations. This morning, Lord, we commit to you Jose and Gloria in Arequipa. Thank you for their amazing commitment to the children in their care. And Lord, we pray that you will continue to meet their every need and keep them fit and strong. We pray for the work in Ramagana. We thank you for Douglas here this morning. And we pray that you would give him and Joseph wisdom in the projects there. Continue to bless the school and the farming project, Lord. And thank you that we can be part of the work there. Again, give us generous hearts that out of our abundance, we will make a difference in the lives of those with very little and even nothing. And we pray that you would give resources to all charities and relief agencies as they help those in need. We pray for your church worldwide. You call us to leave all things, to be servants, to share the load, to speak your word, to follow the way of Christ, and for some, that is even to death. Holy Spirit, we pray that every member of the church would be a witness of Christ by word and deed, wherever we may find ourselves. 
Holy Spirit, inspire us to offer the right word and help at the right time and in the right way. May we be your hands and feet in this world, this amazing world that you have created. And we pray your blessing on it and us in your name. Amen. Bran Gartland is going to read from God's word and he has chosen the three short readings that he will read to us now. Isaiah chapter 52 verse 7 How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news who proclaim peace who bring good tidings who proclaim salvation who say to Zion your God reigns Mark chapter 16 verse 15 He said to them Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Amen. Thank you very much, Brian. We're going to join together in praise and we're going to sing Facing a Task Unfinished. Let's praise God. Oh, 
We're now going to have uh, an update on the work that we have supported for some seven or eight years now in uh, a town called Ramagana, which is in the eastern part of Rwanda, and which 16 members of the congregation visited, as I said earlier, uh, a few years ago. And some of those members of the team have been taking part in the service. And Linda's here as another member of the team. Isabel isn't because she's at Cape Henry, and Barbara isn't because she's in Australia, and so it goes on. But I want to invite George, who's another member of the team, to come forward with Douglas, and George is going to ask Douglas some questions about the work and about how it's developing. It's at this stage we open in prayer and, and, and pray that this is going to go as, as we hope. Um, first of all, before I ask Douglas a few questions, uh, I'd like to reiterate the welcome that both Tom and Adrian um, provided earlier on. It is lovely to have you with us this morning. Thank you. Um, Tom mentioned 16 of us went to Rwanda back in 2018. Uh, it was a real experience, um, a moving experience, a very humbling experience, but a wonderful time. So it's lovely to have you with us. Um, it's not your first time here. No, it's you've, not you've been with us before. Yeah. And Sarah and the kids were with us at the yeah, barbecue right. recently as well. Yeah. I think if we can set the scene, could you maybe tell us a wee bit about your, your childhood, um, where you were born, okay. uh, what life was like for you as a child, um, why your family moved to Uganda, mm -hmm. and what brought you back then to Rwanda? A lot of questions in okay, one that's, question, that's but fair. we Let like to squeeze them in and get good value. Oh, okay, let me stand up. You feel free. Okay. It's up to yourself. Feel comfortable. Uh, I never saw that. Again, and uh, really, very thankful to be here this morning. I need to thank the church for the, for the support they do our work in Rwanda. So I'll go back to George's question. Uh, my history, I was born uh, on the Rwandan parents, but uh, my parents, they went to Uganda. Some of the, the story I had um, in the first genocide in Rwanda, which was in 1959. So it was a quiet one, many people didn't know, but it was uh, uh, a killing of the, the, the Tusis, the Hutus. So they went in a refugee camp. I was, I was not before born by then. And um, my mom, when they lived in a camp in Uganda, uh, my mom died of cholera. And my dad, I think, joined the Ugandan army. So I was uh, around six years old. And um, I lived in a camp. Then I was, I was nowhere. I was uh, a Red Cross, they took me to Mulago Hospital. I don't know if you even heard about it. And then when I was in Mulago Hospital, I had uh, all rashes and uh, I was nowhere that I needed to be fed. Then uh, from the Mulago Hospital, uh, when I was there, so I went on the street of Kampala. Uh, there's a place called the Owino Market with other, other boys. Then when I was on the street, um, 
for, was I remember around two years or more, then I started growing, I was uh, seven, eight, and nine, and uh, I, was, I was taken off from the street by the missionaries. Uh, those missionaries uh, were from Ireland, and uh, so they took me to, they ran, they ran Church of Uganda, and they had, they had their um, orphanage home. So when I was in orphanage home, um, they sent me to school, and uh, I grew up in an orphanage home. Uh, I was in a place called uh, Mukono, but it was run by the Church of Uganda. And then from there, uh, when I was, uh, uh, after the genocide in Rwanda, I knew I was Rwandan, but uh, there was other people who knows our family. They keep telling me all what's happening in there, uh, where we come from, or some stories. And then uh, in 1995, beginning 1995, I asked the orphanage home if we can go to Rwanda. So uh, this, this, the, 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 the manager who was running the orphanage home, so they organized us and uh, the, the, we went to Rwanda, uh, they, took, they took us in an orphanage home in, a, in Rwamagana. So I was in an orphanage home in Rwamagana uh, because we didn't know anybody. I know I had my family, but some were died. And I had no, I had no many people uh, to ask or to know. Then in an orphanage home in Rwanda, uh, I went, I did, uh, then they sent him to the college. I did uh, uh, project management in Rwanda. Then after that, I, st I went out and I said, uh, all I had in mind, I said, God helped me. People helped me, but uh, helped me to, to help to do something, to help other people. I didn't have money by then. And um, I started going, when I was integrated into the community, they built me a house uh, from the orphanage home. And other, other, and other guys which I was living with. Then I went to the street of Rwamagana. I saw some street children. And uh, in Rwanda, in Rwamagana, there were some volunteers doing uh, like teaching and doing other volunteer work because after the war, many people came to Rwanda to help out. Then I said, I need to start helping the street children. So then I started helping the street children and uh, to talk to them. I told them my life. and. Uh, Tell them to stop uh, smoking and taking the glue. Then uh, from there, and uh, some they came off. The, the one of the volunteers managed to to rent a center. Then we put them there. Uh, we, we send through, we send them through the, to do the vocation training, and others integrated back home because uh, it was just me who had that vision, and I know how the life was. And uh, then. Uh, then Sarah, my wife, she's from Ireland, and so she used to come and teach English in the center where I was working. So that's how I, I came to know her. And then uh, they helped me get married, and uh, while I'm working with the street children, then the center was closed uh, by then, and uh, we closed the center. Then I started as more help, more children in the families. Children come from the village, go on the street, and we decide, I decided my vision always I wanted to help out. So I uh, would get those children, sending back them to the families, and start buying uh, a book and a pen, which most of their, that's where their problems. They say, I can't go to school, my mom can't afford to pay my, my uh, to buy books or a pen. So, and uh, then I started aid for education the charity uh, where we are now and uh, helping the children and now 
the, the church is growing. So uh, I used to go to church in Uganda when I was in an orphanage. Uh, and, um, and I went to church when we were young people. They said, you have to go to church. And, uh, but my faith was not too strong by then. But as I started growing and starting reflecting back to my life, and uh, when I came also to Scotland, I started to get closer to God and starting looking back and say how I, I, I can't tell how I survived all of the years uh, sleeping on the street and uh, just was God is uh, mercy. And also all my life was full of like missionaries, people who helped me along the way up to where I am. So that was my background. Wow. Yeah. So obviously that, that, that's how you aid for education started, began, yeah. and, and that was some vision to have. Mm. Um, those, those of us that visited Rwanda in 2018 were in Tuberari school frequently. Mm. Um, we have very vivid memories of fabulous children. Um, has the nursery school as it was then changed much since we were there? Yes, uh, since you were in Rwanda, the nursery has changed. It was 2018. Then we had only a nursery school, so nursery from maybe we build the, we build the class by, by, no, by time, no, not all this, the same time, but every time we got some funding, we put a class on, and uh, uh, by then now uh, the school has developed well. We have up to primary five now, so the school has uh, 268 uh, children now. That's incredible, it really is. We, we helped, when we were there, we helped to uh, fund a house. Uh, and those of us who visited in 18 helped, I'll use that term loosely, uh, to, to, uh, to build and to, to paint. Um, Simon and Anita uh, and their family moved into that house. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a great fanfare and great celebrations at the time, and all the local dignitaries came along. It was mm. a wonderful occasion. Um, how, are, how are they getting on? Are they still in the house? Yes, this, the house is still strong and uh, still, <laughs> still up. <laughs> still up. <laughs> we'll, go, yeah, we'll come back and decorate it. Back and definitely. Uh, <laughs> they have done a little bit more work, like around and painting again. So they are, they live there with the families, and um, also now, in fact, they have. I think you've been on this one of the slides. They have a, a chicken project. You see, you see the Anita with chickens. Mm -hmm. So they, we gave them some funding from the microfinance to start a business. Now she's uh, having uh, uh, a chicken pro program. So wow. they, they have more chicken and they sell and they get eggs. And the family is, uh, is independent now. That's great. Mm -hmm. um, one of the other great memories I think a lot of us talk about um, was the day we went to uh, purchase some goats. Mm. The congregation had uh, provided us with, with um, money for us to go out and buy goats. Mm. That project's still on the go as well? Yes, it's still going, it's still going. We have given over now, uh, if I remember, estimate, will be over 200 goats in uh, three villages. And um, last, uh, this year, beginning of this year, Joseph and other staff, they received back um, a female goat from the families who have given a goat because they have to give donate back one goat back to another family. I think it was uh, was uh, also was over twenty goats back, and we have given to other families in a, in, a, in, a village, in a other village. Yeah, so it's going, and the fa the family is so there. They just just received the goats uh, in Feb this this year, 
So, Excellent. and uh, the program is going well, and uh, I thank everybody for, okay. uh, for that. And there's, then the, there's the microfinance project, and uh, we don't know so much about it, mm -hmm. uh, but again, vitally important. Can you explain a wee bit about how it's going? Yeah, so the microfinance, how it works, uh, there is uh, not the, the, how the women, the staff identify the, the families in a village, uh, the mostly women who want to start a business, but they can't start a business without any, any, any start of having some money to start. And uh, getting a loan in a bank, they need to give what you have before they give the loan. And if you can't manage to pay, they take your land or they take your house. So we come up with this program of uh, giving 100 pound per family who uh, want to the, the business and the staff train them, they visit them and they work with local, local leaders. Then we give them the money. For example, one of the women, she wants to go in the market and uh, sell uh, vegetables, can be tomatoes and uh, other food like bananas. Then we give her that money to start a business, the business to set up her business. Then she use the money for almost uh, a year. Then she pay maybe like uh, two pound or ten, five pound every every month. So the money goes to, back to the account which belongs to the women. Then also we give other women uh, when after paying and after seeing that that business is well established for them. And for example, like Anita, Anita's family, you give an example. She now she has a, a chicken business, so in a, she has eggs and more chicken, she sells more. And that also that lady there, you see uh, microfinance. You remember the church bought the sewing machine? Mm -hmm. uh, you remember the sewing machine? Yes. Uh, that's the, the machine, now she has a business, so she's still Excellent. going. Um, and others sell bananas in the market. That's fabulous. And the, the farming project um, was again part of your, your vision, and yeah. we have, uh, I was going to say fond memories, but we'll say aching memories mm -hmm. <laughs> of doing a lot of work on the farm. Yeah, some of us were cut out of it, yeah. cut out for it, some <laughs> of us weren't. Um, but again, that, that is obviously developing yes. really mm. well. Mm. It's fabulous. Yeah. So what, what's next? Um, What's the government requiring you to do, and, and what's your vision for the future? Yeah, so the government is requiring us to, the microfinance first of all, uh, sorry, the, the farming project, every, the people who went to, to Rwanda, they, they had to dig with uh, a traditional hose, so it's uh, not an easy job to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, uh, the women, they grow different crops, and uh, they, they had a big project of passion fruit, which they grown on a big, a big, a big land, and they made quite a lot. They, quite, they made quite a lot of money. I think they had over one thousand, over one thousand, nearly two thousand in their bank, and that money goes back to them. So they decide uh, if some they don't have uh, uh, windows or house, or they want to send more children to school. They use that money. They they make a decision. Where, and they divide among themselves while the other business is still going. And, um, and, so, and another thing is now they're doing now, they grow uh, some vegetables which they sell to the school. We have the Tuvalere school so the, the kids can be able to get some, some food from the women. Instead of uh, buying in the market, they buy from them. So the money comes back to them and uh, keep their business going. So, uh, and uh, we find that's very useful for both sides. 
Excellent. Yeah. So really, really moving from strength to strength. Mm -hmm. Douglas, thank you personally um, for coming over and joining our mission service this morning. Um, we all respect and admire you. Yeah. Um, what you've achieved, we thank God for the work that you're doing. Um, and, and again, pass on our blessing to, to Sarah and the kids. Yeah. We, we do look forward to uh, hearing about it and hearing how things are continuing to develop. Mm -hmm. You'll be glad to know that's the uh, Inquisition over. No, um, it's fine. <laughs> I was thinking last night, it, it'd be lovely just to, to, to provide you with a, a small memento mm -hmm. of your visit this St. Patrick's Day weekend. Mm -hmm. I thought, right, what, what could I get him? Potato bread? Hmm. I, don't, I don't know whether you, you've heard of potato bread or yeah. soda bread or, <laughs> or brown bread, but something, something traditional yeah. for, from Ireland. Mm. And then Thank I thought you. yesterday and, and after yesterday's events, there was really only one thing that I could think of giving you. Thank 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 like the school, we need a school wall, uh, build a, a school wall over, so that, and uh, we need also another two classrooms, one library and another class. Uh, so the government came, the inspectors, they said, you need to have that sorted. And um, the school bus, we have been fundraising to get the school bus, but it takes a wee while to, to get the, the funding. But uh, yeah, so that's the vision. What you want to see the school, if we have all everything like a school bus and the fence and two classrooms, the school will be able to be more independent, more sustainable. And then you can move on to, to do more projects and see uh, how other people need to help. And uh, I can't uh, thank you enough, but uh, what I will say, thank you for everybody. Thank you very much for supporting our work and uh, being uh, part of what we are doing in, Af in Africa, in Rwanda. And uh, I thank George, I thank uh, Tom very much, and every, everybody of the member of the church. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Mm, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Can I go back to your seat? Yeah. I take my present. <laughs> Don't lose it. <laughs> Well, I'm sure if you'd like to talk to Douglas after the service is over, you'll have a chance to do so. Uh, I just want to call us together again in praise, and we're going to sing, Hear the Call of the Kingdom.
come to the uh, benediction, I just want to remind you that there'll be tea and coffee after the service, and we invite you to stay for that. And uh, we're going to do our benediction a little bit differently today in that you are all going to sing it. Um, and I hope you will recognize the tune, I'm sure you will, and we will bring our service to a conclusion with the sung benediction. When we've finished, I'd ask you to take your seats again. Please be seated. There's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of anticipation, but this is a birthday cake for Mark. And Brian is the bearer of good tidings or good eatings, I'm not sure which. Thank you all very much. <laughs>